Newcastle United have won a match. Spurs started four fullbacks, and Blake and Oscar are actually recording on time. What is happening to the world? It's episode 16 of season two of the Peak Too Early podcast. I'm Blake Munchell, and to help me figure out what on earth is going on, it is the divine, the breathtaking, the wow. perspicacious Oscar Saywell. But what? I've never heard of that in my life. It's someone who's very eloquent. Uh, wow. Well-spoken. Um, that's the highest praise I've ever received by anyone ever in my life. Um, thank you, Blake. Hello. We are on time. I can't believe it's week 16 already, or, or not weeks, episode 16 already of the Peak 2 Early Podcast Season 2. We only get stronger. Um, I am well. I had a good weekend. Um, I watched Encanto over the weekend, uh, which if you haven't seen decent. it, you should. Um, I liked it. Dad, if you're listening, I know you hate musicals, but you should watch it with mum. Um, great music. Blake, how was your weekend? How are you? Uh, my weekend was decent. Uh, I played footy and, uh, I had a goal and an assist. Oh, um, I'm hoping to, sorry. I also played tennis and got smacked around. Yeah. Um, Well, oh no that's sad tennis australian open right now that's relevant um osaka's out lots of big names are out right nadal's still going murray's out i keep on top of it a little bit um i'm hoping to join jenny and i are hoping to join to play soccer with you on those sundays soon when the weather is slightly warmer um yes right now it's chinese new year this weekend so we can't do this weekend but maybe maybe next weekend um right now the ground is like a rock Um, yeah so my ankles have taken a beating yeah, from, yeah. it's like walking on ice in high heels. It's just, uh, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I, I think the up. latest you'll see us, the latest you'll see us is spring. That's the latest you'll see us. I'm raring to go already. It's, or it's already been since Thanksgiving, since I kicked a ball and that's too long. So, um, uh, we're coming, we're coming for you. Uh, yes, I'm sure you'll step on the pitch and be three times the player I am. Uh, no, no, despite not playing in a few months. No, no, never. All right, let's um, talk about some football that people actually want to talk. Please, about. please let's. You know, one day we got to do like a play-by-play of our own scrimmages or something. That would be absolutely hilarious. Um, where should we start, Blake? Because as always, you know, the state of this league, the state of European football, with games being dropped left, right, and center for inexplicable reasons and for good reasons all at once it means that some teams are four matches behind still others seem to be ahead even though that's not even possible um i don't even know where to start we could we could roll it back right back to what the the 18th midweek fixtures of last week i certainly want to talk about tottenham leicester that jumps out at me 3-2 3-2 victory for Tottenham away from home. Phenomenal match. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't... Well, okay, first of all, let's do our classic thing. Did you watch this game, Blake? Absolutely. You did? Okay, uh, I did not... I was at work, so... I was texting you. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Unbelievable um, match. Talk to me about this match, specifically about... Was it capitulation from Leicester, or was it a lucky smash and grab from Tottenham. For those who don't know, um, Steven Bergwijn scored in the 95th and 97th minute to win 3-2. Um, yeah. What, what was it? 
what was it deserved? Like, how'd it go? Uh, it was an interesting match. It really did feel like Leicester had quite a uh, strong grip on this match. Um, and, uh, but I think in the end, it was a tremendous choke. Um, mm. The final, it's like the stoppage time, it was literally uh, Spurs scored to make it 2-2. Leicester kick off, immediately lose the ball. Spurs, you know, pass it around five times. And uh, I think Bergvine is like slipped through and Leicester have like a really narrow team. Like the back line and the front line are very close to each other. Um, and Bergvine literally just runs around them. Um, and it, I texted you that it's super in character for Leicester City. Yeah. Um, Kind of like if you could take how the last two seasons have ended and put it into one match, that's what happened. Um, and uh, I really thought Leicester City were going to come out victorious in this match. Um, well, I yeah, definitely I'm, did not get a Spurs are still in this um, vibe at all. Um, but a pretty incredible match. I think one of the top five of this season. Absolutely. Um, it was a phenomenal match from start to yeah. finish. It's just the ending was one of the most wild things that have happened. Yeah. Which uh, I think I texted you. Um, Tottenham are no strangers to over the past, you know, five or six years, obviously that famous Champions League night with City where it wasn't like a smash and grab at the end, but they were involved in that game where, where I don't know, there was like, they just, by the 20th minute, it was like 3-3 three, three or whatever, you know. And then obviously the... The one against West Ham, where Lanzini got that last last minute equaliser from like thirty yards out. Um, they can be involved in these chaotic games, Tottenham. Um, yeah, I think this game was not necessarily. Looking at the stats here, I mean, Tottenham dominated in by by numbers. Um, certainly shots wise, they had over double um, shots um, on target, ten to four, uh, twenty seven shots overall, um, and and the lineup they played was was a strong one as well um which made it all the more confusing to me when uh Conte put out a, a bizarre side against Chelsea in in this weekend's um uh f- fixture um playing the likes of Ryan Sessegnon who has who hasn't featured much this season at all um playing who has he put Jeff Tanganga in who's had a torrid season in my opinion um, which is kind of sad because I like him. Benching Sergi Regulon and Emerson Royale, despite the fact that they're Spurs' strongest crosses. And, you know, the one way that we know you can get at Chelsea is is by exploiting them, um, well, somewhat ironically, with with fullbacks bombing forward who who put danger crosses into the into the area because you've you've got sort of like a a fluid back three and and that means that you know you can come up against them with with an equally fluid front line and, and, and create space for yourself. Um, I, I don't know what Conte was playing at, particularly in that Chelsea match. Is this Blake uh, classic Conte, where he's sending a message to the board by sort of purposely throwing in the towel for a high-profile game in order to, to get more signings in? Is that what happened? What do you think? Um, I'll start with a little quip 
because I'm a cynical bastard. Um, you know, like none of uh, Spurs' depth wide backs are even half the player that Regulon is. Um, yeah. Which is why he had to put four of them out there uh, mm. to try to equal one Regulon. Um, but so then why did he drop Regulon? Why? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, bizarre. Yeah, exactly. Strange decision. The um, I believe Conte made this comment, I think, just before the January window opened, where he said he needs a second striker of Harry Kane's quality uh, to compete. Right. Uh, followed by some strange decisions and some, well, almost poor results um, until the amazing comeback at Leicester. Um, I don't know. I don't really understand Conte. He's obviously brilliant, um, and that's probably why I don't understand him. Um, sure. But I, who knows what on earth. This lineup looks like... I, I can't even explain it. Um, so many players that are not Tottenham quality. Yeah, it looks like a, a literally like a mid-table side, um, and and he wasn't even particularly imaginative. I thought with with the personnel that he brought in, um, and especially the formation. I'm not sure why he insisted on playing a four. Uh, just no attacking intent. It, it was bizarre. Um, I think I think I struggle to see it as like I don't know what to think either, and and that's why I think it, maybe it was just a mistake, which. It's, it's strange to think about too because he's one of the foremost coaches in the world. But you know, I I feel like it's going. He would just be going too far to purposely do that. Uh, maybe maybe it was a, a Pep Guardiola move, you know, where he overthinks his tactics or something like that. But um, I mean, Tottenham have a torrid, torrid uh, time at Chelsea. Uh, wasn't it at one point they didn't beat them for twenty six years or something? Um, there's, I think there's a running joke that if Chelsea are in a bad run of form, they just if they play Tottenham, they'll, they'll break it because they always beat Tottenham. Um, so yeah, um, so a bit bizarre from, from Conte. But um, um, but yeah, that was a good game, that 3-2. Um, Pats and Daka got on the, on the score sheet. Um, and in Jamie Vardy's absence, he's, he's sort of been stepping up to the plate a bit. Leicester's still underperforming for me. Um, and I think in our mid-season predictions, I sort of predicted as much um i'm not sure yeah i mean i think we had a pod a few a few weeks ago where we talked a bit about brendan rogers and his particular brand of management and what it means when it goes a bit not sour but dull um what happens players lose motivation or maybe he's exposed tactically um i think they'll chug along as usual pats and daka by the way um doesn't play that much and yet his goal scoring record is ridiculous he has four and nine in the premier league and five and six in the europa league um the efl cup's the only competition he hasn't scored in um three appearances in that so yeah i think yeah a, a, a fun game um way back when it feels like is there a match closer to uh to us to this weekend that we can talk about i'm looking around now uh there are some interesting ones. Uh, yeah. One I would like to discuss with you is Norwich City 3, mm -hmm. Watford 0. Me too. Um, Me too. In which Watford were absolutely horrendous. Um, yeah. 
thoroughly yeah, thrashed and could have been more. Um, yeah. And not only is this a ridiculous result for Norwich City, who have won two on the bounce. Two on the bounce. Now out of the relegation zone. Uh, we talked very early on, you know, after like what, three or four match days, and we were talking, you know, Norwich City are dead as doornail. And they've won again. We talked about this last week. Yeah. That they're maybe not so dead. Um, and if you look at the relegation picture right now, uh, Burnley, who have you know three matches in hand, or three matches to make up, um, so they're not out of it yet. You are pretty down on Burnley, but you know we'll see. Um, a credible point at mm-hmm. Arsenal for them. Um, Watford, who look after sacking Claudio, uh, you know they're looking more dead in water. Newcastle, who 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 can. Who can place Newcastle? What is this club? Yeah, uh, no one knows. North City, uh, once thought to be dead, pulled their way out, now out of the relegation zone. Everton, with their squad at one time worth $300 million, now worth about $100 million, um, you know, sinking fast. Rafa out. Leeds sinking fast. Brentford, six losses and seven sinking fast the only club with like positive momentum right now is norwich city um and so i at one point really kind of thought this was a a sort of boring relegation picture other than the fact that my team is involved in it um Mm. and you know just like the top of the table is looking pretty boring um manchester city with a nine point lead already six although if if Liverpool win their game in hand, if if, um, yeah. but uh, you know things are heating up, I suppose, just because so many teams at the bottom of the table are yeah. utter dog shit. Yeah, and I, I, and I reckon that that more could be dragged into it come the end of the season. I, I, I th- if Everton don't get this appointment right, um, they could be right down there as well um which is astonishing to say but i mean leads themselves if they have another dip then uh, i mean uh you know they could be dragged into it as well and so yeah i think it is fun um seeing seeing a team that we all said were dead and buried sort of resurrect themselves and actually be outside of the relegation zone at this point in the season um talk to me though about uh your compatriot joshua sergeant who scored a brace uh, in this game? A man who looks like a hobbit. Uh, <laughs> he actually, I think he looks a little bit like a bit our like dear hobbit. friend Max Foley Keen. Yeah. Uh, he does look a bit like ge- Max. Yeah. Ginger hair, big ears. He's tall though. Wide eyes. Not like a hobbit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is true. Uh, yeah, his. I don't remember if it was his first goal or his second goal. Uh, not intentional. This is yeah, his first two goals in the Premier things. Oh, yeah. Um, but that back heel behind him, not quite a scorpion kick. I don't know what you call that little flicking a your donkey ankle kick. out. Yeah, know. the donkey kick goal. Beautiful. Um, you know. Sublime goal. Americans on Twitter. Take it, he, they're like, he's the new Pulisic. Um, <laughs> it's certainly not true. He's old. Um, is he like, as old as Pulisic? 
Maybe not. But no, he's young. He's pretty young. He's 21. Pulisic is 23. They're like the same age. Yeah, he's a... I like Josh Sargent more than I like Christian Pulisic. Well, yeah, weird. Christian Pulisic sucks, so... Um, um, yeah, this is... I, I was happy for him. I was happy for him. He became the youngest... The youngest... No. Was Pulisic younger than him when he first scored in the Prem? He might be the youngest American ever to score in the Premier League. Um... But yeah, I was happy for him because he's he's had a bit of a time of it. Um, he scored twice in the EFL Cup, um, but you know, 19 appearances this season. Those are his first two goals in the Prem. Um, he, you know, I think he he's quite the quintessential American forward. A bit people, you know, people don't pay attention to his technical ability. I don't even know if it's there really. I, I think he has a bit of a reputation for being dogged and trying hard and putting himself about and all very American attributes in a football player. Um, yeah, I was happy for him, though. Uh, yeah. And uh, one should not be allowed, you know, nor it should not be allowed to play in pink and then play an opponent in yellow. This entire time, mm-hmm. the entire time yes. watching this, I was like, oh, man, Norwich uh, watching the team in yellow. I'm like, Norwich doing this, but it was Watford. Very confusing. I can always go on a rant about the colors that they pick. Um, but mm. yeah, a thorough win for Norwich City. Um, poor yeah. Yura Kuchka. Um, he's a, a strange player. Uh, scores a lot of own goals, lots of red cards. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, he's old. But he's, I like him. He's he, good. He, yeah, I like um, him too. Uh, just unfortunately. I, I, have a, I have a question for you. So, so, Watford have played a game more than, at least a game more than those around them, right? Only are sitting on 18 games played at the bottom of the table um, with, I'm sorry, um, with how many points? I'm sorry, with 12 points. My God, that's bad. I was like, that can't be right. Um, Watford are on 20 games played with 14. You guys are on 21 with 15 points. Norwich, 22, 16 points and three points behind Everton, who have two games in hand over them. My question is, how, how many more wins in the next, say, two months, right, does it take for Norwich to replace, to become that fourth side, rather than, rather than one of the three that everyone sort of says, okay, you're going down. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. What does it take? What does so... it take? The, you know, whatever, the math says it's 36 or 38 in a normal year to stay up. I reckon that's not Um, happening this season, yeah. Yeah, I reckon maybe 34 will be enough to stay up, which is 18 points, which would be, um, you know, four wins and a bunch of Mm. draws. Mm. Um, I... I just really can't see it. I, as, I, I don't know who's going to get relegated this year. Yeah, same. I just can't see North City staying up. Um, no. It's, I don't know. Everyone's still in it. Everyone's still like, in it. Yeah. Yeah, who, who do they have next? They have Wolves Palace, in the Cup and then Palace oof. City. Palace, I think, Man is City, in the, Liverpool. Yeah. So... 
that's not great. But you look at Norwich and you think, not like you look at Norwich and like no, 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 no game is easy for them. City, Liverpool, bit it off because Norwich aren't good enough defensively to even do that thing um, that happens sometimes, right? Where the huge, the and like massive teams have eighty nine percent possession and fifty shots. But you know, you never know with Southampton. You certainly, you know, Brentford are gettable. Leeds are certainly gettable. So you've got three games back to back there where you can pick up points. Chelsea bin it off. Brighton, unpredictable. Burnley, massive game. United, unpredictable. Newcastle, unpredictable. And now, and now you look, now we're getting into late April, and so they could be dead and buried by this point, and it doesn't really matter. But, you know, Villa. West Ham might have nothing to play for. Wolves might not. Have, Tottenham at the end of the, at the end of the season might have nothing to play for. I don't know. I mean, I don't see it either um, because I think they, you know, they don't have they don't have the recruitment power of any of the teams around them apart from poss- apart from Burnley. So you know, Newcastle will try and buy their way out of it. Watford have money. Um, but it is it is certainly more interesting than it seemed to be come the end of 2021, right? Yeah, certainly. Um, and looking at the schedule, I actually, my confidence in Norwich City has increased quite a bit. Right. Um, yeah, I think most of their really tough matches are behind them. Sort of now, um, yeah. The, yeah. The only thing is, and, and like, and, you know, as much as the cynic in me thinks that Newcastle will be relegated, uh, you know, we're not the odds favorite to get relegated. But who replaces Norwich and Newcastle as that third spot? Like, will Everton really get relegated? No. They've, they've no, just been such a not. mainstay. Yeah. Will Leeds get relegated? Don't you think Bielsa can rally the troops and... Yeah. Get some much needed wins. Will Brentford oh, really get sucked all the way down after Brentford. being so high so recently? I I love Brentford and I know that, you know, I've been a I think a bit of a downer on them for the entire season. But you'd still say Brentford could could get sucked down. I know they're on twenty three points, but four games four four losses on the bounce. Say they're hit with injuries or COVID. Yeah, maybe I wouldn't. I don't think I would back them to to be able to get out of it easier than Leeds and Everton. Um, and and they played the most games there, right? Twenty three games. Um, yeah. They're only they're only they are only eight points off, or you know seven points off, whatever it is. I'm not looking at the table right now. Um, the relegation zone at current, and they played twenty three matches. So yeah, we'll see. I, I don't I don't believe it. Um, and I think Brentford fans would be fuming that, you know, I mean, Everton are dire right now. For example, like, and Watford, you know, I'm all over the place. Watford, I just remembered, are uh, sniffing around Fabio Cannavaro, of all people, to be the manager, which, frankly, uh, what I didn't even know he was a manager, first of all. I was going to say, so, when was the last time he I don't know. held a position yeah literally like he apparently yeah like so if they if they appoint him surely they're down you know and and possibly we'll see that club sour um emmanuel dennis got a straight red he's missing the next three matches 
the guy's been absolutely ridiculous this season. Um, so he knows that he'll get a move come the end of the year. Um, and, and you know, they have other sort of mercurial talents that will likely set their sights on, on moves as well. Um, yeah, it is, it's, it's far more interesting, isn't it, than the top of the table. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's for sure. That's for sure. Although, you know, um, we've got, we got a fairly decent top four race shaping up as well. So, yeah. Um, really quickly, two final things to add about this line of conversation. Uh, Brentford linked to signing Christian Eriksen for six months. Wild. Oh, of course. No, that that seems like it's uh, pretty much done pending pending proper medical um, procedures. I'd love to see it. That would be excellent. Um, and I think that look, if <laughs> if Brentford sign Eriksen and he plays, they're not getting relegated. So. Um, wow. That's a big show. I mean, he's like ridiculous. That uh, is true. And I think that they they do lack something. Something that they lack is a bit of creat- creativity. It would take the burden off Ivan Tony, who's having to drop really deep to try and create. Right, if you put Ericsson in that hole, um, and then it would free up. It would just free up a lot of that attack if you had him as a creative force there. And um, yeah, it's a no-brainer to me. Really, the pressure's completely off. No, nobody will 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 blame anyone if it if it doesn't work out because i mean you never know i mean erickson you know is raring to get back on the pitch but who knows what happens when he steps on it um it's traumatizing yeah. obviously what happened to him but yeah that that would be a coup and a half um I, I think all of football would love to see it um and yeah i'd love that i'd love that um you know yeah, i don't and then yeah please oh you you finish your thought i don't know who i want to get relegated right do you know what i mean I love you and sort of love a lot Thanks. of aspects of Newcastle. You However, it would be hilarious if you guys got relegated, right? Because yeah, I don't... Norwich, they're annoying, but, you know, they, they could go on this sort of like winning your heart over arc. Really, probably who I want to get relegated or who I think, okay, deserves to get relegated is probably Burnley, Watford, and Norwich. Um, just because, I mean, the football... I mean, okay, the football that Norwich have played so far this season has been shamefully bad. Burnley are crap, and I hate them. And then it's a toss-up again between Watford and Newcastle. I mean, that that's probably where it's going to go. But we've ra- I've rambled on about this. I think it's a it's a pretty fascinating now. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about who deserves to get relegated, uh, Newcastle, just sure. yeah, for keeping Steve Bruce, we deserve to get relegated. Um. Yeah. But talking about relegation, um, just finger on the pulse of Leeds fans. Um, and, you know, from what I can tell, because you know, the only contact I have is through Twitter. But uh, Leeds fans seem pretty confident they, they'll get relegated this year. Um, really? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Losing to you. Well, they lost losing to Newcastle. To, yeah, that's so. not great. Uh, um, but, I reckon they'll be fine. Uh, we will use this as our little uh, pivot to our next match. Uh, Leeds United 0, Newcastle 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, up Eddie Howe's mags. Uh, beautiful game. Domination. Uh, and a shithouse goal on top of it. I don't know what Elon Melier was doing. Um, it's nothing other than a horrific goalkeeping incident. Um, but it was a deserved win. Um, Newcastle were unlucky that none of the other chances went in. Um, 
that's pretty much it. Second one of the season. Um, yeah. Castle fans celebrating like we won the league. Um, <laughs> we um we play each other soon. We play each other mid February. Uh, yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, we'll to... it's a weekday. And oh, so it's seven thirty a.m. Yeah. Seven thirty a.m. Um, so there's no way we can watch together. But so I think something. Yeah. Something that you have a horrible end to the season, right? Um, like Liverpool, yeah, I see it here. Liverpool, City, and Arsenal three weeks in a row um, before you finish with Burnley. My God. Oh, my goodness, Blake. It goes Norwich, Liverpool, City, Arsenal, Burnley. So your April, May is terrifying, depending on how you look. Um, and I could see it being like you have to pick up something against one of the big hitters there. Um, but uh, as I've said before with Newcastle, I, look, if you sign Diego Carlos, everything looks different because I reckon you'd beat Everton and, you know, you can beat us because we're, te- we're just weird. You know, you got a chance, mate. You got a chance. Okay, let's, let's move on to another, another part of the table. Where can we go next? Um, I want to talk about... You know, we could touch on what's closer to home here. Um, definitely, okay, skate over Man U beating West Ham. This was a poor game. Uh, Rashford got the winner with his last touch. We we weren't good. Um, seeded most possession. One shot on target. Uh, you know, um, we looked, to be fair, Azuma was back, looked much more defensively solid, which I appreciated. I'm seeing uh, Manuel Lanzini getting panned online. Um, apparently he had a terrible performance, um, which is a shame. Um, Rice, again, just colossal. Um, every week now, I'm hearing from, you know, impartial pundits or, or football comment, football you know analysts, how good he is. We've, again, we've been saying it for years. Um, he's, he's incredible. Um, yeah, we're, we're sort of coasting. I, I think I texted you, um, we're going to tank down the table by that i meant i reckon you know we'll get we'll be like ninth we have so many games in hand over the um teams around us and i think that's part of the reason why we're struggling so much we're we're just gone we're so leggy we've been forced to play games uh when other teams have 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 just made basically made stuff up in order not to play them um and, and yeah we're struggling with that um but we'll see, we'll see. Uh, Manu into the top four of that performance, and I've heard a lot of people saying that they, they reckon Manu will grind out um, a top four finish. City dropped points at Southampton. There's something about Southampton. Um, don't know what it is. Uh, City loved to drop points against them. Um, it denied them their 13th straight win of the season. Um, I'm Eric Lepore had to rescue them in the 65th minutes. Uh, he had a good match. Ralph Hasenhutl's Southampton continue their revitalization, I think. Um, they've been playing very well um, recently, ever since their takeover, in fact. Um, and stuff is looking bright for them again. Those 9 nils, you know, those humiliations seem, you know, with every passing week further and further in the past. Um, statement of the century there. But um, it, it nice. sort of, you know, seems to, to to fade away, I think, fade into memory more and more. Um, and, and Southampton don't really look clownish like that anymore. Um, I think it probably helps that they got rid of Yannick Vestergaard. Um, I'm settling here on, you know, Crystal Palace, Liverpool. We can touch on that. I don't know if you want to talk about the VAR controversy. And then I have a piece to say about Arsenal. And then, then I'm, you know, that's, that's sort of it for me. 
But um, please, what do you want to do? Um, I didn't. I have no idea what happened in the Palace Liverpool match. Ah. Um, this is the first instance that I've even seen what the score All right. was. All I know so, is that there was a penalty, uh, and yeah. it was given, yeah. and it was an identical situation to yeah. the Newcastle penalty. Yes, first Leeds. That wasn't given, right? Correct. Right. Which, so, yeah. Let me. I guess I should talk a little bit about the incident in the Leeds match because right. it was very. Pretty much everyone is in agreement that, um, in the very beginning of the match, uh, a Leeds defender was holding back on ASM's shirt, um, and uh, the ref didn't give a foul, and so. Alan St. Maximin got in his face and yelled at him and got a yellow card for dissent, uh, which, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I guess you're not supposed to abuse the referees. Uh, it was a pretty clear, awful decision by Chris Kavanaugh, yeah. but yeah. Um, who had a horrendous match. It was yeah. then very clear for the rest of the match that anything that happened to Alan St. Maximin was not getting called a foul, um, including this pen incident, which happened right in front of him. Uh, every other week, two penalties get given like that around the Premier League. So, yeah, uh, um, up yours, Chris Kavanaugh. Sure, sure. All right, all right. Question for you then: um, If you had the almighty power, and I was like uh, Blake, um, you know, you have the power to get rid of VAR. Uh, do you do it? Do you just get rid of it? Gone. Yeah, I'd get rid of this VAR because it was meant to, you know, fix the issues. But I think it's really, I yeah. don't think it's fixed many issues, if any at no. all. Um, it fixes the occasional like blatant miss, but their whole like effort not to re-referee the game yeah. has failed. caused, you know, it's just protection for their buddies. Um, mm. And, it's and just, I think it's it's awful to watch. Yeah, it's affecting the referees it, on the pitch too. Because sorry, because um, I think I think they're sort of psychologically impacted by the fact that they have people who are questioning every single decision they make. Every single decision, every single decision they make, they know that someone somewhere is, regardless of how sure they are, is looking at it over and over and over again to see whether they are correct by whatever standard that week decides um is correct so I, I think i would also get rid of it at this point yeah i think maybe the i you know this would like piss off so many people but the best solution in my opinion is the referee on the pitch is just to convey the message um and that every decision is decided by a referee watching with more angles um and the referee on the pitch is just there to give out the cards when the person in their ear says that one was a yellow card challenge um yeah i just don't know a better solution um of course you're going to have issues with one man who has to run around and watch the game from all angles and watch for off-ball incidents and have to you know do all this stuff um when we have the technology why not use it so agreed um all right i said i wanted to say a piece 
on Arsenal and I'm sort of I've suddenly run out of energy to to rant too much. But I just want to say so Arsenal drew nil nil um to Burnley, who finally played a match. Um they've only played eighteen games, which is ridiculous. Um and that's including this one. Um it was drab, dull, um, you know, and I, I Arsenal now have failed to score in four matches in all competitions, I believe, which is obviously a very poor. Um, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to say that the, the overreaction to this result has been astounding. Like, Arsenal fans calling for Arteta's head, pundits saying that, you know, Arsenal, these Arsenal, like Arsenal players aren't doing enough for the, for the shirt and that Arteta has no idea what he's doing tactically. Uh, seriously? Like, oh my God. It's just like, I don't understand. Once again, I don't understand why Arsenal, everything about Arsenal insists on being so emotional. It's just like a pendulum that swings back and forth and back and forth, depending on the result that they get on the weekend. There's just no sense of calm whatsoever in anywhere in this club like it just it it drives me up the wall um i just don't understand why why they do this to themselves it's so bizarre and people just have the worst takes about it as well just just the worst takes like i you know i heard on the on the radio today like uh i heard on the radio today a pundit lambasting saka and Erdegaard and emil smith rowe saying that they don't try hard enough like what uh, what are you on about like it just doesn't it's so bizarre like oh and that's just it's not even it's just my raw reaction to it i was just sitting in the car today just seething about it and i was like why do i care so much i hate arsenal but i do because it's just i think it's just it's just bad analysis and it's just boring um you know if you're gonna say something bad about them just just come up with something interesting to say don't just arbitrarily say like complain about players not trying hard enough like like it's like you know comparing them to the invincibles it's just complete rubbish um and that's all i have to say about it sorry yeah i mean um kind of in the same way that you know manchester united gets talked about um we're like very we just recently have turned a page on their club storybook where, you know, in the 2000s, Arsenal and Manchester United were the best teams in the world. Um, well, two top five teams in the world. We'll call it that. Um, and yeah. all these ex-players have become pundits and managers, and that dominates the conversations that we have about these teams. And so when they don't perform to the standards that the pundits were taught to expect when they were playing for these clubs um you know they talk about this you know rubbish but it's not the same team that it was in the 2000s you know especially arsenal manchester united you know they got the deepest war chest in the world um so it's slightly different for man u but arsenal arsenal have been dog shit for 10 years now yeah agreed all right all right um Shall we wrap? Shall we wrap with your questions? Uh, let me quickly look and see if there was anything else I wanted to talk about. Um, Hakeem Ziyech's goal. 
uh, mm. pretty uh, nutty. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick that out of your net. Uh, that was incredible. It was. Uh, and he's he's been right. playing well recently. Yep. Um, and I have some questions for you. Far away. Um, we. This is you know obviously because of the match that took place today. Um, but this player. Uh, he started his career in Sweden at Mjolbe. Uh, he then went to a different club called Mjolbe. He went from Mjolbe Al to Mjolbe Sodra. To man, this is a lot of Swedish clubs. Uh, Nork Norkoping, Varbergs, uh, Östersunds. Before his big money move. Um, and, you know, he's not like a wonder kid, but he's like a semi-wonder kid. Uh, to Swansea City, where he played for three years, uh, made a lot of appearances, and was never super successful. Um, he then went to Reading and made a ton of uh, appearances. Uh, but can you tell me where the Gambia's Mo Barrow uh, is oh, playing? The not Gambia. Barrow, the other one. The Mo, yes, Mo Barrow. Musa Barrow scored today, right? Correct. And Gambia are through, uh, which is yes. which is wonderful. Um, that's really cool. Um, okay, yes, I remember this guy. Um, wasn't he super fast? Or am he I was that? incredible. Yeah. Um, in like terms super, of super, super, super fast. Yes, um, Adama Traore esque. Yeah, like no esque. Yeah. How old is he? He is twenty nine years old. Oh no way! Wow, he's young still. That's crazy. Um, so I think he's somewhere in Asia. Um, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's in China. So, you know, I have Korea in my head, somewhere in Korea. That's the best I can do. That you don't know any Korean clubs off the top of your head? Mm, Hun, uh, no Hyundai something. No, not really. Yes, he is at Jeonbuk Hyundai oh. Motors. Um, All right. Which, you know, I guess Hyundai sponsors the club because um, they shoved it in the name. Uh, nice. Although, I wonder, what were they originally called? Wansan. Wansan Puma. Hmm. Um, yeah, he has uh, very recently joined them. Uh, 31 appearances, five goals. Um, yeah, still plays you know. for the Gambia. Played today. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah. Um, Not a bad life living in Korea playing football. So, uh, yeah, Korea is absolutely lovely, um, and uh, Korean football fans are awesome. Mm. Uh, I would love, you know, if I were a professional player playing in Korea or playing in Japan, the fans are so cool. Oh yeah, um, and in China, they they're football mad in China. Yeah, um, unfortunately, Chinese football is uh, in a bad place right now, but uh, it is in a terrible place. We will see. Um, the rest of my questions are themed, um, and they were inspired by your brother. Um, oh, wow. In the words of Theo wow. Saywell, uh, he said Newcastle United would not be relegated. Look at the players. Just look at the players. Um, hmm. Theo has cursed us. Um, yeah. If we get relegated, it will be his fault. Yeah, uh, oh, absolutely. The, 
The theme for this uh, questions is the worst of the best. Um, because, you know, supposedly our players are good enough to keep us up, but my God, are we dog shit at times. Mm. Um, so all of these are the worst team of the best, and you'll, you'll get the category soon enough. Um, so my first question for you is, uh, and I'll, if you don't know it immediately, I can give you uh, multiple choice. Okay. Uh, which team won the Premier League with the fewest points? Uh, Leicester. No. Uh, okay, uh, your wait, wait. options. Oh, yeah, okay. go ahead. Your options are Manchester United in ninety six, ninety seven, Arsenal in ninety seven, ninety eight, or Manchester United in ninety eight, ninety nine. Um, United, eighty, ninety eight, ninety nine. Right team, wrong year. It's the ninety six, ninety seven. They won with seventy five points. Oh god. Uh Arsenal in ninety seven won with seventy seven and Man U wow. in ninety eight won with seventy nine. Wow. Um, yeah. Which it feels weird to me because at the time there wasn't such a race for top six. There weren't so many teams taking sure. points off each other at the top of the table. Um so I figured, you know, like that those amazing Sir Alex teams of Man U would you know, one with many more points. Yeah. Um, my next question for you is uh, which Premier League team won the Prem with the fewest points? Like the fewest points lead at the top of the table. Oh, um, City in 11-12. Yes. Yeah. Uh, zero points difference. They ended on the same yeah. number of points. Um, and a plus eight goal differential. Yes, yes. Um, which team has the record for the fewest points but still survived to the relegation oh, drop? I know this one. West Brom. In... Uh, you want to give me a points number? Um, it was... Thir- no, I only know this because West Ham... It's, it was 34. 34, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I know that Why because know West that? Ham... West Ham once got 41 points and got relegated. And West and then we had a rival we had a rivalry with West Brom at some point probably because we were both crap. And that was I don't, they made they West made a Derby. chant about how they survived with 34 and we got I don't know something like that. That's why I know it. Um yes, finishing below them was Crystal Palace that year and finishing above them was Portsmouth. Um nice. And my final question for you is which Premier League club has got has the record for the most times relegated from the Premier League? Well, Norwich has got to be one of them, surely. Yep, um, there's another one, though. And then... It's got to be a team that has been around for a long time, but... West Brom again? Fulham? West Brom. Yep, it is West Brom. Oh, nice. Brom. Yeah, great job. You killed mm, these questions. I bad, thought they bad. were going to be a little bit too hard. Not bad. Um, yeah, let's certainly hope. I reckon, actually, if Newcastle stay up, it might be with the lowest points. With the lowest Yeah, I mean, you just have um, no points. It's ridiculous. There's only like 15 games left. Yes. Oh, man. It is terrifying to look at. 
I'll say undefeated in our last three, though. Um, yeah, I mean, you oh, you know, you're not doing badly. You're really not. Plus, with with players coming through, possibly, you never know, mate. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, hopefully, in these next few days, a certain Diego Carlos will uh, be announced. If you get if you get Diego Carlos and like Jesse Lingard somehow, you then you're fine. I reckon. Yeah, the reports are from this morning that within 48 hours, Jesse Lingard will be announced. That's fucking crazy. Which wow. I just, you just know, don't understand supposedly, I mean, yeah, talking about rehab for him. So yeah, talking about him, uh, not wanting to join West Ham, but mm-hmm. willing to join Newcastle because he'll be closer to his family in Manchester. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's that. not that close though. It's yeah, yeah, it is. It's pretty close. Manchester to Newcastle is still quite. It's like two and a half hours. Yeah, it was close to London. True, London is eight hours. So, yeah. um, yeah, this has been. Uh, well, first, do you have anything else to say? Uh, I don't. Oh, other than, uh, in like the past few hours, apparently Steve Bruce has been contacted by Watford. Oh my goodness. Yes. So I would love to see it. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I guess if Watford stay up and Newcastle get relegated and Watford appointed Steve Bruce, I think I might have to stop watching football. That would be, yeah. Uh, It would just be the most tragic thing. It would break my little heart. Yeah. I don't think I could do it, Oscar. No. You'd have to find a new co-host. It would be tragic. Uh, just do it with Jenny. Oh, yeah. Mm. You'll, you'll have to get her caught up on. On everything. A lot of, of things, ever, yeah. And also convince her that football is a worthwhile pastime. But, yeah. Yeah. If it's good enough for you, you know. Yeah, surely, right? <laughs> okay. This right. has been episode 16 of season two of the Peaked Too Early podcast. Um, please Twitter, email, uh, rooftops, mouth to mouth, yes, spoken word poetry, anything else. Um, take care. I'm standing. <laughs>